Artists, animators, musicians, creators. All final space, all the time. Bringing you exclusive fan experiences and cast and crew interviews, this is Into Final Space, hosted by Gabe Jones. This episode was recorded live from the Into Final Space studio in Atlanta, Georgia. We apologize for any sort of audio issues throughout the episode, and we hope you enjoy it thoroughly. Thank you so much. Let's get into Into Final Space Live. All right, folks. Uh, if you are listening to this after the fact, uh, we, of course, are doing a live episode here. Uh, so this is going to be a little weird. Um, we have some guests joining me very, very soon. Um, until then, uh, while we are getting set up, let me welcome you to the very first official episode of Into Final Space Live, hosted via Podbean. Uh, I've been wanting to do a live episode for a very, very long time now, um, and we finally had this awesome opportunity thanks to Podbean. Um, just a note, uh, all this is being recorded via my phone. Um, I've got a headset on. So audio quality may not be at its peak, like you usually hear in the rest of my episodes, but just bear with us. Um, hoping my guests get here soon. Uh, to those of you tuning in live, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and if you're enjoying the live stream, uh, please consider giving some pod points uh, through the app. You can click down there, and uh, it'd be great if you could give us uh, give some 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 pod points. Um, they uh, really go to help me because um, this episode, this uh, self setup isn't free, so. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you guys so much for, for supporting uh, Into Final Space. It really means a lot to me. Just let me get Emily back in here. It's uh, one of our guests from today. Um, as I was saying, everything will be recorded. Um, and then we are going to publish this as the second episode of Into Final Space Volume 2. Uh, later on, they'll be released on November 15th. Um, I'm super excited about that. Um, so if you are listening on, uh, once again, this is all, all new, all live all weird um <laughs> this is the first time we're doing stuff uh so yeah um so yeah uh oh you're asking uh if if we'll, shelby's episode will not be published unfortunately um that was just kind of a, a test to see how this will work out give you guys a, a chance to, to look on with us um but yeah I'm, I'm really hoping to get shelby back again um for uh, an episode, actually for volume two, uh, it'd be really, really exciting to, to have her on. Um, yeah, she, she's, uh, she's really great. If you haven't listened to her episode from volume one, I would highly, highly recommend that. Um, she, I, I got talked with her and Jake. Uh, Jake was unfortunately sick at the time, um, but I got to, to read his answers off. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, we're still, still waiting for our guests to come in, um, hopefully very, very soon. Let's see. All right. Can you hear me? Yeah. We may not be able to go on with Emily. Um, well, that'd be too bad. Would be.
And we are still trying to set up a candy here for a minute. Neil, how are you doing today? Doing great. It's uh, it's weird to have a two-sided conversation with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, this whole live thing is still super, super new. So um, we're trying to get everything set up. Emily's trying to call in. Let's see if we can get her this time. Let's hope so. Sorry again. We made us. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure what's going on with Emily. Still trying to get Kathy connected. It doesn't seem like she's getting the email. Um, <laughs> well, if we're uh, if we're still waiting, Neil, if you want to go ahead and uh, introduce yourself uh, while we're we're waiting to get some more folks in here, you can go ahead and do that. Sure. So. Uh, I am a professional furry, uh, meaning I go around to different conventions and I go and I sell uh, t-shirts for my company. Uh, it's called artworktea.com. And uh, if anybody's interested, you can take a look at our, uh, at our social media at artworktea, A-R-T-W-O-R-K-T-E-E on Twitter. And uh, I just, as far as final space, you know, obviously uh, cat boys are, are a very good part of it. And uh just my friends and I will get together and watch every episode. It's, oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and thank you so much for, uh, for wanting to, to join us today on, on the live show. Uh, means a lot to have some, uh, some really good fans of the show and some really good fans of the podcast, uh, to chat about final space. Um, absolutely. We will have more guests. Join us very, very soon. I hope so too. <laughs> Otherwise, it'll just be you and me, kid. <laughs> anyway, uh, all of our other guests, uh, so glad once again to have you on. Um, how do we have candy now? Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome to the show. Okay. Uh, we have two out of three guests. Um, I don't think Emily's going to be able to join us. Very, very sad about that. Um, but I think we're going to have to go on. I think Emily's having some, some phone issues, but uh, yeah, if we can get her later in the show. Um, 
anyway, let's get into it a little bit. Uh, to start off, um, I'd like to introduce my my other guests to you guys. Uh, so I, I sent out a little search on the web to look for some awesome Final Space fans um, that could give us some good discussion, and uh, I narrowed it down to those joining us via their Podbean apps. Um, so yeah, we we already had Neil introduce. Uh, Candy, if you'd like to just tell us a little bit who you are. Yeah, sure. Um, my name's Candy. I'm a 16-year-old aspiring storyboard artist from the United States. Um, one day, my friend messaged me saying, hey, I want to watch this cool cartoon. It has cat people in it, and it's taken over my life ever since. Awesome, yeah. Nice. Um, so we got two out of three great uh, Final Space fans with us. Um, but yeah, um, thanks so much to you guys. Uh, we're going to jump right into our discussion a little bit. Um, so I'm just going to be pulling some topics for discussion for you guys and just letting you chat about it, um, chiming in every so often. Um, and I'll give you about five to ten minutes per question. Um, and to our live listeners, um, please go ahead and make your opinions and your comments as well. Uh, we might read some of those off. Um, but, yeah, uh, like I said earlier, uh, this is Indie Final Space, um, our first live podcast. Um, once again, we're still working on stuff, which is why we're having issues. Um, but yeah, if you if you feel led, um, I'm I do this and I pay for it. Um, so if you want to drop some pop points in, um, it really helps a lot. All right, uh, let's get into the discussion a little bit. Um, so our first question for you two: um, Which season was better, one or two, or neither, or no, 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 not not either, <laughs> um, and why? Why would you why would you say uh, which season was better? Um, I think season two was better because um, season one was more of an introductory season and season two was able to take those events and branch off from there so that the story could develop and they did a really great job. Uh, each character got their spotlight and the story had me on the edge of my seat every episode. I also feel like the season brought all of the characters closer and they became one big weird happy family which makes every second worthwhile because we're so attached to the team squad as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, I just, I love season one. It's great, especially the last couple of episodes, but season two takes the cake for me. Uh, I love a bunch of the new characters. Uh, it was season one for me was just all over the place in terms of story. It was a lot of exposition. It was a lot of just, as you said, uh, Candy, just, you know, building yeah. up characters, uh, I, I felt it was a little bit rocky at times, whereas yeah. with season two, you can go in with a lot of the main cast, you know, Gary, Little Cotto, Avocado, like these characters are established. We know who they are. We don't have to explain who they are in a long exposition dump. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I, I, it's one of the reasons why I felt that uh, season two was a bit stronger. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, this is a great question from uh, Tori in the comments. Um, now that there's two seasons, uh, how do you two feel about the pilot if you, if you both watched the pilot? Oh, my God. The pilot is still so good. Uh, it's just um, There's so many things in the pilot that I wanted to have in the actual show, and they didn't use, and it's so frustrating. I think the pilot was still great in its own way, but now that there are two seasons, they just, you know, <laughs> they did it. I don't know how to put this into words, but yeah, definitely. And uh, me personally, um, I I love both of them. Um, 
I definitely agree with you too. Uh, season two um, was for me personally uh, a bit more, you know, it polished, I think. Um, right. And, you know, they did a, a really, really great job on season one. Um, but I think they were, they didn't exactly know exactly where it was going. Um, and so now you have Shadow Machine, which knows exactly what they're doing with the storyboard, uh, Jamfield, who just took it 110%. Um, and I think the voice actors are really, you know, finding their part in here. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, we don't have Emily, but we do have her responses for some of the questions. Um, she said that season one was a, an amazing way to introduce us to the world of Final Space and guess immediately connected to the characters. But compared to the greediness and hardcore nature of the world that season two creates, not to mention the actual quality of animation, it gets even better than it already was. Uh, it's just a whole nother level above season one. All right, so that was our very first question. Um, and we're going to move on to question two now, which is, um, do, uh, do you two have a favorite episode from uh, one season or the other, both seasons, uh, and then what is it and why? Um, but it sounded I like Candy and I completely agree on which is the best yeah. episode of the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, our favorite is episode four of season two, because, oh, um, <laughs> well, for me, it's focused on my favorite character, so it's instantly a favorite of mine. But from the very beginning of the episode, it's like, you know, something big is going to happen because of how ominously the episode is introduced. And we know that despite how happy everyone seems at the beginning, it's all going to go down, down in shambles eventually. <laughs> and the way the entire episode was handled from then on was amazing. The characterization and writing was phenomenal, and not to mention the many important issues it tackled, like trauma, unhealthy coping, grieving, and growing from the past. I think the episode had so much love put into it, and the team did so good. Oh my god, I wanted little Kato to stay this, what, 70-year-old avocado so yeah. bad. Oh my god, I love, I love that version of the character. Yeah. This, like, you know, grizzled, you know, uh, mm -hmm. more world-weary version of the character. I mean, both are great, but I, I was just like, please, please, just, just, just stay the, just stay this way for the rest of the show. That would be fantastic, but... You know, and it's a cartoon. They had to reset it, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got Emily trying to call back in, so let's see if we can add her to the chat. Uh, if we got static around disconnect again, but... Oh, hi! Hi! Hello? Is it Hooray! Hey! Fantastic. Hi, guys! <laughs> I don't know what I did, but we're here, and that's all that matters. Awesome. Yay! Yeah. Everybody, welcome uh, Emily to the show. Uh, Emily, if you want to do a quick intro real quick, we're uh, just diving into to the second question. Huh? But please okay, introduce sure. yourself. Sure. Uh, hi, guys. My name's Emily. Um, I'm about to graduate with my Bachelor in Fine Arts in Animation. So this kind of relates to me in a lot of ways. I've uh, been a fan of Olin for a while, so I'm super pumped to see his success with this show. And I'm excited to talk to you guys about it today. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we, uh, we actually read off your, your response from question one. So... Your voice has been heard, uh, oh, um, but yeah, we're uh, we're just talking about season two, uh, episode four a little bit, which was definitely a big fan favorite. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely, our animation, uh, music wise, was definitely one of my favorites. Uh, I think one of the things that annoyed a lot of people was that the uh, effects of that episode didn't seem to stick around on Little Kato as much as they should have. Um, 
Right. I think Owen has mentioned recently that those that that's going to stick around maybe for season three um, and kind yeah. of affect him later. Um, but Emily, that's do you want to talk about? Uh... Yeah, 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 please sure. go um, So I also picked that one for season two. Um, and similarly from season one, episode six, <laughs> everyone knows episode six. <laughs> um, <laughs> Those, okay, just those two episodes in general made me, like, ball up and cry. Like, I have never cried over an animated show before, to the extent that <laughs> oh these God. episodes have. It's, yeah. It was really crazy, like, not only, like, how they set that up, but just, like, the connection to the characters that they kind of um, laid a base for in the beginning, so that when we got to that episode, it just hit us so much harder, and hit his character so much harder, um... So I'm really looking forward to seeing the effects of that. I wish they had done that in season two, but like Olin said, you know, that will be something we see later on. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with that. Because poor little cut. It was a really surprising thing where, it was a really surprising thing where, you know, you have somebody experience, you know, 60 years of time and they remember experiencing 60 years of time. And then they go back to their, their, you know, 12 year old self or whatever it was, you know, that, I I don't know. It, It seemed a bit odd to me. Yeah, yeah, I definitely like thought it was going to stay the same. I was, like, ready for a 60-year-old, you know, little Kato over here, and it was just <laughs> really, really abrupt change there. So, yeah, yeah definitely. To be fair, it could have been played for laughs. It could have been played for laughs really well. Just like, I remember the, the old times, yeah. <laughs> Gary, I'm older I than you. I legal drinking age, Gary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, yeah, uh... Four, four from this season, and definitely, I, I remember where I was during episode six. Um, <laughs> you, know, you remember those traumatic events in your life? <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was at, uh, I was at Disney World actually, honestly, um, and I watched the episode, and literally watched all the way to the the nice little trademarks at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of just tweeted Olin and said, "WTF, man!" <laughs> I had to go outside and cry. Yeah, oh it was uh, it was rough. Um, Can we all recount like where we were when we saw episode six? <laughs> um, I was in my room watching it with my friend, and I had to take a break after it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So so Tori in the chat is is my friend that I was watching it with at the time, and uh, I just remember the episode just ended. We were like, what is that? Oh my God! Why? No, because of course our favorite character is Avocado. Like it was by so far. Right. You killed my favorite so one. Dang it! See, see, and then on top of that, I remember specifically because that was that that time where they're like, "Oh, we have two weeks off after this." So I was like, "Seriously, you're gonna leave me with two weeks of wondering what's gonna happen to everybody else now that Avocado is gone?" It was torture. It was so, it was bad. so bad. I really, I was like. Um, I had waited, I record them on my DVR, so I was waiting until I had a free moment. I watched it, like, 1 a.m. after it had aired, and I was, like, sobbing in my bed, <laughs> like, a maniac. <laughs> and then I have a couple other friends that I introduced the show to, and they hadn't watched it yet, so I would sit with them and show them the episode and wait for their reaction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that should be classified so as cruelty right there. Yeah. Only a little. <laughs> Only a little cruel. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to jump on to the next question. Um, so we're going to go with, who is your favorite character, uh, and what is your favorite relationship between characters? I know Candy has a lot to say about relationships <laughs> between characters, um, but we're going we're gonna to take about 10 minutes for this question. Y'all feel free to just, just discuss it some. Yeah. Cool. Um, 
little little Kato is definitely my favorite character. Yes. From the moment from the moment <laughs> I first heard of him, I was like, oh no, a character who has a tragic relationship with his dad, a tragic backstory, and he's a cat. And he's been my favorite ever since. Like, I'm typically drawn to characters that have lots of development and still try to persevere despite the bad things that have happened to them. And he's a cat. Um, he's just been through so much and just can't get a win, yet he's still kicking and doing his best. And I just want to give him a big hug and pay for his therapy. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. You're going to be broke uh, after that. That's true. Very, very broke. 60 years of therapy. 60 years. 60 whole Six, years. No, 60. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I got to say that Little Cuddle is also my favorite. It kind of, like, snuck up on me. Um, I think part of it is that I love Stephen Young. His voice acting yes. is in some of my favorite shows. <laughs> and um, it's just, it's no different. It's no less, like, amazing with Little Cuddle's performance. Um, and I just agree with, with Candy in the sense that he still perseveres and tries to have a positive outlook on life, despite the tragedy he's gone through and all the crazy things that have happened to him in his relationships. So that, for me, is super inspiring to see in a character and makes me want to do the same. So, you know, you apply what you know, what you see in, in the shows. <laughs> That's what yeah. I would say. I think Locato is still still my little, my little favorite boy. <laughs> me too. A totally avocado for me, but I mean, you could probably guess that for me being a furry, but um, he is, oh God, everything about him is so fun, like that he used to work for the Lord Commander, like that was a really crazy reveal, uh, you know, so he used to be evil, like like objectively evil, and Gary yeah. just assumes that he's good now, which is kind of strange, like, oh, you're totally a good guy now. I've only known you for three days, but you used to be the second in command to, you know, Kim Jong-un. Like, I don't know. <laughs> this seems, seems, uh, seems like a bit of a stretch to me, but, uh, you know, it, the, uh, with, uh, and I really liked, I, I didn't think I would like how they would bring him back in season two. Like, I, I hoped they would, but... Mm-hmm. I love how they brought him back and then wrenched him away, like, in the same episode. That was, oh, my God. Cruel. Uh, The scene with little Kato and even though though the the other side is my favorite episode, by far my favorite scene is the one with little Kato, Avocado, and Gary, and and with Gary and Avocado being possessed. Like, oh, my God. That's so well animated too. Yeah, that animation is superb. God tier. Oh my god! Like Toon Boom. Are you serious? Like there's so many crappy shows made in Toon Boom. (laughs) I don't know what Toon Toon Boom is king. (laughs) We love Toon Boom. All right. Uh, anybody want to chat about some some relationships? I know know Candy definitely does. (laughs) Candy, go. Okay. Ah, <laughs> um, so my top favorite is pl- platonic Ash and Little Kato. Um, like from the moment they interacted, I was kind of put off because I thought it would be an unnecessary romance between two characters who just happen to be there at the time and happen to be the same age. But of course, I don't have anything against anyone who does like it romantically. Um, but even though I didn't like it romantically, Ash still became a close second favorite character of mine. And I thought it would be super cool to think of them as best friends. 
because there aren't really oh. enough male and female friendships in media that don't turn romantic eventually. And I thought it would be awesome to have more of that. Like, they're, they're both perfect to be best friends because they both have trauma. They both lost their parents. They're both around the same age. They both seem to like each other. And they overall just seem like the, the kinds of people that would goof off and have fun with each other. Yeah, they were definitely a, uh, a, a really fun relationship this, this season of um, interaction. Uh, I think that Owen does a really great job with you know, creating these, these stories that have these really great characters connecting all the time. Um, Definitely, yeah. And didn't he mention once that you know it wasn't going to turn into something romantic between them? I remember him yeah. tweeting out something like that. Yeah, because I know people were concerned about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's really cool as well. That he kind of just <laughs> laid down the line, like this is what's going to happen, man. <laughs> <laughs> um. So for my favorite relationship, honestly, the show catches me by surprise so much. Like it, it drives me crazy. <laughs> um. Just the relationship between Gary and Little Cotto that developed. Yes. Um, it's really. Yes. <laughs> like, if you think back to, like, season one, when everything went down past episode six, and Gary th- suddenly had this kid thrust upon him to take care of him, <clears throat> and how, like, how insecure he was about it, and how he was like, I am not the guy for the job here, like, you should not have picked me, and to see his development grow from season one to now season two, kind of just really caring for this kid, and so much to, so to the fact that he wants to adopt him. Spoiler, by the way. I mean, hopefully everyone has seen it. <laughs> but it's just, it's so beautiful. And I think it really speaks to his character development and, like, how much he stepped up as a person in order to support Little Kato. Um, and also just the fact that they have something in common. You know, both their their dad, you know, father figures are gone. And so they have that to relate to each other. And they still find, like time to be goofy and like happy with each other despite you know their their tragic circumstances so i just i think it's a really awesome relationship that they have and i've really like appreciated seeing that development in both characters in this uh recent season yeah definitely i wholeheartedly agree with that (laughs) absolutely well i mean other than uh the gary cotto uh shipping uh my favorite relationship is avocado and little cotto for me uh it's it's funny that we're all focusing on avoc- on uh, little Cotto in this episode, but um, <laughs> yeah, we can't help it. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I, you know, it's funny because if you go back and you listen to either podcasts or you know reviews and stuff from the first season, a lot of people were not on the little Cotto bandwagon, and like I, you know, I know it, yeah. it was one of those things where I was like, you know, he's okay, like yeah. It, wasn't my favorite character, wasn't my least favorite character. But uh, when, but then they really built upon his character in season two. Like, I, I care so much more about Little Kato after season two than I did after season one. And in particular, the relationship between the father figure and the son is just so good. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing how, how far they will both go to to be with each other like that's it's it's a really great thing to see it is and i feel yeah, like it's yeah. real too like all the mm-hmm. the traumatic stuff mm-hmm. that happened between avocado and little Cotto, like when avocado was still working with the lord commander and what that kind of put in little Cotto's mind as he was growing up you know and mm-hmm. avocado regretting the things that he did he he like owns up to that so i think that's important to to relate to in the animation industry today too just like representing that mm-hmm. yeah sure just has a good dynamic with everyone yeah it's true he's the perfect little boy <laughs> it's true, it's very true. yeah yeah 
<laughs> All right, we're going to jump to the next question. Um, you have to pick one aspect of the show, uh, animation, story, music, etc., um, to fix for next season. Um, what would it be and why? Or, I mean, if it's just absolutely perfect, please. <laughs> um, one thing Couldn't that... be approved in any way. <laughs> 10 out of 10, would watch again. <laughs> like, one, one thing that I'd fix for it is the consistency and pacing, because you know how some really important things that happened, like, you know, Little Kato getting trapped for 60 years and Gary adopting Little Kato, but they were never spoken about again for the rest of the season, except Little Kato being adopted, but that wasn't mentioned until the last episode. And I just think that normally these kinds of things would have a big effect in the future. And ignoring them just kind of leaves the viewers with a sense of incomplete, incompleteness, not to mention it gets rid of the potential to have some really interesting things added to the story. And as for the pacing, I just feel like some storylines could have been better developed if there was less time for the side plots. Yeah. Oh my god. And, and, there were so, there were so yeah, but, many plot holes. Like that that guy was just in the bar unconscious for five years. <laughs> what? Are you Apparently kidding? Me? It's well, fine. How, how, is, you just gotta, how is he still it. alive? <laughs> and like <laughs> Yeah, five before we years. uh before we jump on, um I had a question for you guys. Have have any of you since watching Battle Space binge the entire second se season through yes oh i have yet to do that because i'm still recovering <laughs> it's a it's, it's an interesting it's a very interesting experience going from watching it live week to week to binging it um mm. it's definitely it's definitely worth a watch to binge it because it's it gives you a whole different perspective on the story um because you know, I, I had a lot of my girlfriend I had a lot of consistency issues myself um mm. just watching the second season of it, it felt like it just kind of stopped and jumped um, but watching it all the way through is, is definitely uh, worth it to, to see how the story kind of progresses a little more fluidly. Um, okay. I was about to ask, like, if, you, if watching it, you know, back to back would change how we feel about the pacing. So I guess that is something definitely. Yeah. Because yeah. no, talking to David, uh, oh yeah, if, if, and plug if you haven't listened to the David Sags episode, definitely do that. Um, he was talking about uh, he was interested to see the response from the international community. Um, binging the show rather than watching it week to week live because um, he felt like it was, it was just a totally different season um, consistency wise um, within the story. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's the question. Uh, one aspect of the show to fix anybody else. Yeah, I'll go ahead. So um, I really, I will say I have no problem with what they're doing with the animation, with the, the, the music and the soundtracks, like really they keep one upping themselves. Um, I remember watching the first episode of this season and like Gary's animation looks like it's 3D in the way that they animate it and it blew Holy my mind because so it's all Toon Boom. <laughs> it is all Toon Boom 2D animation and the fact that, you know, they're pushing it to this level is, you know, absolutely mind-blowing. Like that is something that I think has been always been consistent, well done and very cinematic, which is what Olin has always wanted out of the show, just to have the cinematic quality to the production. So I have no problems with that. I think I would agree with Candy in the sense that the pacing could be better, um, use some work in recalling the important events that really impact the characters' arcs. But again, maybe yeah. that might change with the rewatch and seeing it all the way through and maybe revising that. Um, yeah. My point of view on that sense. 
you know, mm-hmm. that's really it. Like, I feel like I, I trust the creators with what they're doing. They know what story they want to tell, and they're putting their, like, whole effort into it. And, you know, not cutting around corners. They're, they're doing the work, and I, I truly, I trust them. Like, do what you want, man. I'm going to watch it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I trust them speeding on the highway with me in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting analogy. Sure. <laughs> Uh, for me, I, I, uh, I, I think the best comparison for me is to the show The Orville. I don't know if you guys have seen that show, but um, in the first season, it focused way too much on jokes. It was, it, it, there was just complete tonal shifts for that show where, you know, oh, we're going to go save this person and a fart joke. Like, you know, it just it didn't work mm. at all in the first season. And the reviews reflected that. And then in the second season, they focused down on the story. They focused on the characters. And there were very few jokes in comparison. And it got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, it was incredible, the difference in the critical response. And for me, at least, I think that that's what needs to happen with... uh, I think that's a similar thing needs to happen with Final Space, where, you know... maybe about half of the jokes just don't land for me in many of the episodes, especially in season one. But um, I I feel like, you know, take all of our favorite episode, the other side, like there are very few jokes in that episode. There are a few, but not nearly as many as some of the other episodes. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they're really good at this serious character focused storytelling and at least for me, the jokes are hit or miss. So I, I would really like them to see where they focus down on the writing, they focus down on the storytelling, and maybe leave a few of the jokes on the cutting room floor. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree with that. Me too. Yeah, uh, one, of our, one of our viewers said comedy's only good if there's drama to balance it. So That's my um, girlfriend. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, um... So, yeah, uh, I think we can jump to our last question here, um, and then we'll open up to anybody who has anything to say in the chat uh, or if you guys have any more thoughts. Um, But the last question is, uh, why do you love Final Space? Uh, And you guys have full-time answers however long you want. Um, But, uh, yeah, if uh, Emily, you want to start? Sure, I'll start. Um, So... As I am studying animation, I am learning a lot about the industry. I actually just finished an internship um, at a studio this past summer um, as I'm about to graduate. So I got a little taste of what like adult animation is like. And I have to say, yeah, yeah, shout out to Benzo, my Benzo fam. Um, That was an awesome experience. And I definitely got a taste for um, working on an adult animated show. And I can definitely say for Final Space, it's just, it really sets itself apart in the world of adult animation. Um, the style is is so much more, um, it's just a little, it's a higher quality. They're, they're like setting themselves to a higher standard. They are not like, we have to have like stock animation. We don't have to, you know, settle for cheap stuff and grimy jokes, you know, and not spend as much time on the story. Like they really value the show that they're on and the story that they're trying to tell. And that shows through not only in the animation that is just, you know, above everything I've ever seen, but um, just in the emotions and in the story itself that it's, you know, evoking all these emotions in the viewers. It's because of the quality and the time and the effort that they're putting into it. Like, it, it's actual animation. It looks amazing. 
um, there's an actual plot, you know, and, and you don't really see that in a lot of adult animation. It's really just a little bunch of gags and, and like, really, like, rated R kind of stuff that you see. And Spinal Space just isn't like that. It's just different. And it's refreshing to see in the industry, in adult animation, because we really don't see something like this a lot. So that's just been one of my favorite things. Like, I really, truly feel like Final Space is like a, a game changer. It's going to set a, the animation industry up for um, future shows that are going to push their limits and, and push not just to have, like, crappy animation or, or low-effort animation, you know? So for me, that's just my favorite part, just the quality that they put into this show. Yeah, I agree with everything you said because I want to be a storyboard artist myself, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but for me personally, Final Space has stood out to me since the first time I watched it. Like, when I first saw how the series began, I thought to myself, oh, this is going to be good. And it was. Like, everything from the animation, acting, story, so much more is incredible. And there aren't often shows that make me love every aspect of them, but somehow Final Space happens to do that. And, of course, what Emily said, because Final Space is so much more different in the best way possible. And I think that it can be a big fluence in the future of adult Western animation. You know, you don't get these kinds of cartoons every day. And when we do, the main source of it is passion. So I guess I love Final Space because of all the passion put into it from Olin and the rest of the team. And I can't pick them enough for the amazing story they brought to life. Yeah, well said. Uh, for me personally, it's uh, I, I just love science fiction. I love all different types of science fiction, uh, especially from the middle of the 20th century. So, like, uh, if, uh, you know, 2001 A Space Odyssey, you know, that, that type of thing. And I feel like it takes a lot of these ideas that we've seen in other shows, like Star Trek, Star Wars, you know, and it puts this goofy, fun spin on it that it, at least from what I've seen, it's unique. Like, I've never seen a show that does this wacky science fiction in, the, in, in a way that actually works well. Uh, you know, the uh, SNL has parodied Star Trek many, many times, but it's, it's only a parody. It, there's no seriousness to it. Uh, and, you know, not to mention, as... Uh, Emily and Candy both said, you know, the animation is just so fantastic. Like, they they take this tool that many people use to make very crappy shows. <laughs> and they make it look like, you know, close to hand-drawn, you know, frame-by-frame -frame animation, which, you know, I'm sure some of the scenes have to be just, you know, from how they look. But um, the... You go go and go and look for different shows that are animated in Toon Boom, and this is by far the best. Like like far and away the best. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Top tier. Uh, I I don't know. They probably had to sacrifice a goat to somebody to uh, to, to 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 get the skills to to animate as well as they do. Uh, it's 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 really incredible to see, and you know the the art, the music, uh, and the serious moments to me, all work together really well. I, I would really like to see them, you know, focus down on, on improving or, or just eliminating some of the, the more funny aspects just because the, uh, the writing in the more serious scenes, at least for me, is much better and, you know, fits the mood of the setting and the animation and all of these different parts better. But, you know, 
we'll see what they do in in uh, in the next season. Yeah, I agree to that to an, to an extent, Neil, in the sense that you know it is cool to see like this these more serious, more plot uh, driven stories. But I also feel like there's a balance between the serious and the funny. And how, like, what would Final Space be if we didn't have those moments with Gary where he's just being silly and wanting a cookie, yeah. you know? Yeah. So there's yeah. definitely a fine line between, you know, having it be super plot-based and then having a breather episode where it's not so much heavy on what's happening. And we get, like, you know, like a beach day episode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Something like that. I think there is definitely oh, yeah. a balance. So I can agree with that in a sense. Yeah. Well, and there uh, no what I... It would be depressing. <laughs> good no but uh it's one of those things that i i really like about season two is a lot of the a lot of the jokes are based on the context like it's mm-hmm. to, it's not funny that he wants to have a cookie wife just because it's a cookie it's funny because we know from season one that cookies are his like deepest heart's desire and so mm-hmm. for me the gag I don't know. It was just, it didn't work very well for me in season one, where it was just like, oh, cookies. Oh. Whereas where in season two, they actually wrote it into the story. And so you know, if it's humor as part of the story, that's great. If it's family guy gags, where you just cut away from the story to do something funny, like, you know, a, a perfect example right. is the like mustache Gary gag. Like they're having this serious <laughs> scene, you know, he's going through the brain of the, of the Titan and all of this. And he's like, and he's like, oh, look at all these selves that you have. Oh, and by the way, this is really funny. <laughs> like, it, it it takes you out of the scene. It, it It's a funny gag, but yeah. it, it to me it feels more like a family guy gag where it just, you know, oh, cut away, joke, and now we continue with the actual story. Yeah, just the wrong place, yeah. wrong time. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but yeah, um, for any listeners who don't know what Toon Moon Harmony is, uh, it's what Final Space is animated in. Um, and you can find out more about that uh, if you listen to the first episode of Volume 1, which will come out next Friday. Super excited. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm going to open it up to listeners if you have any questions uh, or comments for uh, our uh, co-hosts here, for me. Uh, please say anything. Uh, if you guys have anything else you want to make a short comment, uh, Plug something of yours quickly. Um, You'll follow my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> my Instagram is Emily Rod period art. Emily Rod art. I post a lot of my stuff on there. Um, I'm working on my senior film, so there's updates on that. So I'm plugging that. I am curious to see what Candy and Emily think about now. This could be a spoiler for season three, but uh, Olin has said publicly several times that there is a gay character in Final Space. <laughs> Who is the gay character? Little Kato. It has to be someone we haven't met yet. I'm gonna cry. It can't be someone we haven't met yet. He said it was a character from season one. Oh really? Oh shoot. Yep. Oh I missed that. Little Kato. You know one day we're, we're going to get to that episode where Little Kato is going to be revealed as gay and we're all gonna look back at this and I'm gonna be right. <laughs> now, now, prophecy. Now, call it wishful thinking. You know, you're free to do that. But uh, I, I think it could be avocado because they have very carefully avoided saying anything mm. about little Kato's parents or other parent, I oh. should say. Oh, uh, oh right. 
that like that's uh, that's weird like they've talked about gary's mom they've talked you know, like they've talked about all of these other you know family characters I mean, we even have a, a care, we even have a family of, you know, adopted kids with this Clarence character that was in one episode in season one. Like, you know, why haven't we heard anything about Avocado's other parent? And I think it's possible that Avocado is actually the gay character. You know, why can't they both be gay? They're, yeah. Dead, sure. I know both. <laughs> gay Tumblr cat. would have... Tumblr would have a uh, a field day with that, but uh, hopefully not. <laughs> you know, little well, uh... loves his gay dad, avocado <laughs> loves his gay son. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it looks like we are out of time. Uh, thank you so much, Candy, Emily, and Neil, for uh, joining me on the first official Into Final Space live episode. Um, and yeah, definitely thank you to everyone who joined us live. Um, and thank you to everyone who's listening to this episode when it goes up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and YouTube on November the 15th. Uh, live listeners, uh, Into Final Space Volume 2 officially begins this Friday, November 8th at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. With uh, Volume 2 Episode 1, uh, we got Jam Filled, like I said earlier, uh, is joining us on the podcast. Super, super excited about that episode. Uh, make sure you listen to that one. Um, make sure you... Give me a follow on Instagram and Twitter uh, at Final Space. Join us on Facebook. Keep up with us on Final Space channel on Discord. And, uh, yeah, I'm always on the subreddit. So um, until next time, this has been Fantrix Scenes Live. Thank you again to my awesome, awesome co-hosts. Um, my name is Gabe Jones. And with my special guests, Kenny, Emily, and Neil, we thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time on Final Space. Thanks, guys. Thank Bye. Bye. Bye.